Tech Fighter Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 454, July 5th, 2015. This week, a pair of Microsoft HoloLens devices were destroyed when a SpaceX rocket exploded, but NASA astronauts will still probably see the HoloLens before you do. Instead of depending on the Windows search function, take a look at what Agent Ransack can offer. In short circuits, how to plan for reinstalling Windows and whether you need to. And Microsoft seems to be planning to return to the chip manufacturing business it abandoned 10 years ago. In spare parts, only on the website, computers you can kick down the stairs, an update for Malwarebytes anti-exploit application, and why AOL, astoundingly, is still relevant. The HoloLens devices that Microsoft announced in January will be supported by Windows 10, but that doesn't mean that they'll go on sale when Windows 10 ships at the end of this month. Because NASA and Microsoft have worked together to develop the technology, NASA is finding ways to use the HoloLens devices right now. The future is going to be virtual. NASA bases its Sidekick devices on the Microsoft HoloLens to provide a virtual aid to astronauts who are working at the International Space Station. A pair of the devices was included in the SpaceX commercial resupply mission to the station that failed last Sunday. SpaceX's Falcon 9 rocket broke apart just a few minutes after launch. The Dragon capsule with more than 4,000 pounds of supplies and experiments and a couple of HoloLens devices was destroyed. Astronauts aboard the ISS will have to wait a bit longer. Sam Siemi, director of the ISS program, characterizes the HoloLens and other virtual and mixed reality devices as cutting-edge technologies that could help drive the future exploration and provide new capabilities for astronauts. He also notes that the new technology could also help future explorers who will require greater autonomy on their journey to Mars. The goal of Sidekick is to provide station crews with assistance when and where they need it, possibly in a way that could reduce crew training requirements and increase astronauts' efficiency in space. Microsoft's Alex Kipman says that the HoloLens is intended to transform the ways we create, connect, and explore. Sidekick is a prime example of an application for which we envisioned HoloLens being used, he says, because it unlocks new potential for astronauts. NASA and the Microsoft engineers tested Project Sidekick and the Microsoft HoloLens aboard NASA's Weightless Wonder. That's a C9 jet. They tested it there to ensure that the devices function as expected in freefall in advance of their delivery to the microgravity environment in the space station. And there's a link on the TechBiter Worldwide website to a NASA video showing the fun. And yes, it does look like fun, even though it's science. The Sidekick has a couple of modes of operation. The first is called Remote Expert Mode. It uses Skype to allow a ground operator to see exactly what a crew member sees and then provide real-time guidance and even draw annotations into the crew member's environment. 
The mode is used to guide an astronaut through a complex task. Until now, crew members have relied on written and voice instructions when performing these kinds of repair tasks and experiments. The second operating mode is referred to as procedure mode. It augments standalone procedures with animated holographic illustrations that are actually displayed right on top of an object that the crew member is working with. This capability could lessen the amount of training that future crews will require and could be an important resource for distant missions where communications delays would complicate difficult operations. Because of the SpaceX mission failure this week, delivery of the sidekick devices will be delayed at least until the next resupply mission is ready to go. In the meantime, Sidekick will be evaluated during what NASA calls the Extreme Environment Mission Operations 20 expedition. That's set to begin on July 21st. This is an on-Earth experiment in which a group of astronauts and engineers live in the world's only undersea research station. The station is called Aquarius. They'll live there for two weeks. The Aquarius habitat and its surroundings provide a convincing model for space exploration. When the first set of HoloLens devices eventually does reach the space station, crew members will test and verify the software and hardware functionality in a standalone mode. Then a second set of devices will be delivered on a future mission so that Sidekick functionality can be tested with network connectivity. The Sidekick project is part of a larger partnership formed by NASA and Microsoft to explore applications of holographic computing in space exploration. Earlier this year, NASA and Microsoft announced collaboration to develop a software project called OnSite, new technology that will enable scientists to work virtually on Mars using the same HoloLens technology. NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena led the development of Sidekick and OnSite. NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston led testing and certification of Sidekick for use on board the space station. The International Space Station has been continuously occupied since November 2000, and since then it has been visited by more than 200 people and a variety of international commercial spacecraft. The space station remains NASA's springboard to future space exploration, including possible missions to an asteroid and to Mars. From the vastness of outer space to the vastness of your disk drives, no matter how carefully you name files or how carefully you organize them, you'll probably still be unable to find a file that you absolutely positively know is on the computer somewhere. Wouldn't it be great if somebody wrote an application that could actually search the entire drive quickly, look inside files, and help you find the file you're looking for? Well, I have news. Somebody did. 15 years ago. Agent Ransack is the freeware version of File Locator. It omits some of the paid application's features, but it is the fastest and easiest way to find files that you simply can't find any other way. The application can be pointed at any number of disk drives and directories, and armed with regular expressions to ensure that it finds exactly what you want. Besides being fast, Agent Ransack provides a view of what's in the files that it finds. So if you know what the grep command does on Unix systems, you'll immediately understand how Agent Ransack works. If not, 
you'll very quickly understand the power of even the most basic regular expressions when applied to searching for files. Why not use the built-in Windows search facility? There is one, of course, and it has improved over the years. But the built-in function really isn't intended for the needle-in-a-haystack searching that Agent Ransack excels at. Agent Ransack's ability to fine-tune targeted searches is its real power. It doesn't require indexing of all the drives, either, and that may lead you to think that Agent Ransack will be slow. It's not. The program's interface is pretty basic. I think it's intuitive. When searching, you can specify file names, a complete name or a partial name, file extensions, text that will be found inside the files that you're looking for, the size of the file, a date or range of dates during which the file was modified, created, or last accessed, and more. Agent Ransack will almost immediately begin displaying files that meet the search criteria in one panel, and selecting any of the files will display text from that file in another panel. As of 2014, Agent Ransack is available in both 32- and 64-bit versions. So let's say I want to find all of the files in which I wrote the term crash between January 2013 and December 2014, and that are associated with the TechBiter Worldwide website. Well, I know that the files I'm looking for will be in a TechBiter.com directory on the D drive or in a TechBiter.com directory on the E drive. The D drive is where in-process and development files live. The E drive is where the actual website lives. And the files could be any of several types. They could be HTM, HTML, PHP, XHTML, or SHTML. They're going to contain the word crash, or crashes, or crashed, or crashing. And the create date will be on or after January 1st, 2013, on or before December 31st, 2014. Check the TechBiter Worldwide website, and you'll see an example of how this query is set up. After entering that information, I clicked Start, and in less than one second... Agent Ransack provided a list of files that fit the criteria. It returned 26 items. So it's fast, and it doesn't miss anything. Agent Ransack often finds files that the Windows search tool misses. Although it may seem that this is a complex program to use, Mythicsoft has provided an excellent help file, so anybody who's willing to read a little bit can start using the program like a pro. And if the name Agent Ransack makes your IT manager nervous, never fear. Download File Locator Lite instead. It's exactly the same application code with different icons and a slightly different interface. Some less than fully clueful managers consider the original name just a bit intimidating. So Mythicsoft released the renamed version that seems a bit more friendly to those who are definitely clueless. There are differences, of course, between the light version and the pro version. As powerful as Agent Ransack is, the $50 file locator application adds features that you might find useful or even essential. Search filtering is more powerful because it includes the ability to exclude files. There's memory management that can be adjusted for extremely long searches. Support is provided for searching inside compressed files, zips for example, Instead of showing just a single line of text, the Pro version can display lines that surround the term you're looking for. And lots more. So the bottom line for Agent Ransack is five cats. It is the ideal solution when the file you're looking for just won't come out and play. If you sometimes have to spend a lot of time locating a missing file, Agent Ransack will delight you. It's fast, it's easy to use, the only search tool better than Agent Ransack, 
is its $50 Big Brother. You won't go wrong with either one of them, and you'll find additional details on the Mythicsoft website. You can download the application for free from there. And there is, of course, a link to the Mythicsoft website on the TechBiter Worldwide website. In short circuits, thinking about planning a Windows refresh? Here's some things to think about. In just a few weeks, Windows 10 will be rolled out to those of us who have signed up for the free upgrade to the new version. In most cases, the installation won't be much of an interruption, or at least it shouldn't be. In my case, though, it was time for a system refresh to prepare the computer for the new version of the operating system. Maybe this is something you should consider, too. If so, it requires careful planning. Now, you're probably wondering why I would want to format the hard drive and reinstall everything just a few weeks before the new operating system would be available. Well, I can't say that I really wanted to, but there were several reasons that it became necessary. First, I had installed the Enterprise version of Windows 8.1, and that is the only version of Windows that is not eligible for a direct upgrade to Windows 10. Enterprise, yeah, sometimes more is less. Second, a lot of applications come and go on my computer because of testing and reviewing software. Windows is a lot better than it used to be when it comes to cleaning up after applications that have been removed, but it simply can't keep up with the ebb and flow on my computer. Despite the second point, the last clean Windows installation on my primary computer was in 2012. That's when Windows 8 became available. Three years is an exceptionally long period for me, and the operating system had been acting a bit strange for several months. Upgrading a machine that's acting a bit strange to Windows 10 just didn't seem like a good idea. And finally, there were several versions of some applications on the computer. It seemed like doing a bit of pruning would be appropriate at this time. I could have just formatted the drive, reinstalled Windows, reinstalled all the applications, and then spent a great deal of time configuring those applications. That wouldn't have been a disaster, but I certainly wouldn't have enjoyed it because it would have required numerous calls or messages to software publishers so that I could get installation counters reset. And trying to remember all of the configuration settings for every application? No, no fun at all. Some applications, such as those from Adobe, Ultra Edit, and Alien Skin, have installation counters, and so they need to be deactivated before the disk is formatted. Adobe, IDM, and AlienScan are all willing to work with people who use their software to reset installation counters when that's needed. But the process takes time. Not a lot of time, but any time that can be saved is, well, time that's saved. So I made a list of applications that needed to be deactivated. I also listed applications that I thought might have an option to back up their settings. Prior to starting, I also checked with Avast and Malwarebytes to confirm that reinstallation wouldn't be a problem. Applications such as FileZilla and Cuter make their settings available. FileZilla does it via an export option. Cuter places all of its settings in a directory. You just need to know where to look. Microsoft applications don't allow settings to be backed up, so I grabbed a lot of screenshots. Some Ultra Edit Studio settings can be backed up, but not all of them, so I grabbed some screenshots there, too. My preferred email program, the BAT, doesn't directly allow the backup of settings, but account settings are included with the account data. 
That leaves only the overall interface settings to be recorded via screen capture. I backed up the app data folder and the my documents folder. Even though I don't store files in my documents, some applications do. And the app data folder, that's one of those hidden ones. It often contains useful information. Because it's hidden, you have to go look for it. And I think it's one that always should be copied somewhere for safekeeping before you format the hard drive. You'll find the app data in the C users directory under your username. Then you have to type in app data, A-P-P-D-A-T-A, because it's a hidden directory and you can't pick it. But if you type it in, you'll find it's there. Check the TechBiter Worldwide website for additional details. I also grabbed a screenshot of the taskbar so that I could restore programs to the locations where muscle memory would expect them to be. The final pre-installation steps involved confirming the installation drive. It should be drive 0, 447.13 gigabytes. Why would I do that? Well, I wanted to avoid formatting the wrong drive. This computer has several drives, and once upon a time, I formatted the wrong drive. No fun. I also needed to create a bootable installation CD and a bootable USB thumb drive. The thumb drive, extra security, just in case. After modifying the computer's BIOS to allow USB boot, I enabled the USB as a boot device, and then I tested the bootable USB drive to make sure it would work. As it turned out, I didn't need any of the USB options, but it's better to have them available in case you do need them. Following the installation of Windows, I connected to my Windows account, scheduled the Windows 10 upgrade, installed 120 Windows updates, set disk assignments to match the previous arrangement, installed Avast, installed Malwarebytes Anti-Exploit and Malwarebytes Anti-Malware, mapped the network-attached storage drive, and then moved on to reinstalling the key applications. Within a few hours, the critical applications were all working again. But I needed a full day to rework settings, and even a week later, I still encounter an application setting occasionally that needs to be modified. Still, it's a lot easier to return to normal if you have a plan. A report posted by Kit Guru this week is intriguing because it suggests that Microsoft might want to acquire chipmaker AMD and return to making its own microprocessors for some functions. That's a market segment that Microsoft abandoned a decade ago. But with Microsoft's new ambitions in hardware, tablets and phones, for example, this makes sense. Advanced Micro Devices, AMD, has always chased Intel, even though sometimes it has had more robust chips at lower prices. As Anton Shilov at KitGuru writes, Microsoft has been selling game consoles for over 10 years, and back in 2006 the firm even formed a division to design chips for its own products, primarily game consoles. While this internal group has clearly developed some chips for Microsoft's hardware, the company used chips designed by Advanced Micro Devices and NVIDIA Corporation for its Xbox One consoles and the Zune players, respectively. So it appears that Microsoft's own chip design team cannot really develop competitive solutions for the company's devices. Maybe AMD could do that for Microsoft. 
AMD isn't currently profitable, but it has valuable intellectual property that would fit with several companies, not just Microsoft. Although AMD once had a value exceeding $20 billion, its current market value is now less than $2 billion. Microsoft could buy the company easily. It has $90 billion in available cash at a market value of $350 billion. Microsoft currently pays AMD about $100 for every Xbox it builds, so Microsoft could save money by acquiring AMD, and payments for chips would simply be internal monetary transfers on paper. Shulov notes that the battle for video game console space is very strong. If Microsoft had bought AMD, then Sony would be faced with a bad set of choices. Put money in Microsoft's pocket every time it sells a PlayStation, or try to create an entirely new platform using technologies from Intel, NVIDIA, ARM, or Imagination Technologies. You can check out the full story. There's a link to it from the TechBiter Worldwide website. And don't forget to check out Spare Parts, only on the website. This week, you'll find an article about computers you can kick down the stairs, an update for Malwarebytes anti-exploit application, and why AOL is, astonishingly, still relevant. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.